I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome, well, welcome. I am here with Ellen Rogan. And since you're probably listening to this and not watching, I want you to imagine this. I am wearing a Wonder Woman shirt that, by the way, if you go scale it all the way down, even kind of has the undies with it on the shirt and a Wonder Woman headband. And um, the reason I'm wearing this is not just because I'm crazy, but that would be a good assumption, um, is because my son, we're, while we're recording this, is right before Halloween. Um, he had a little parade this morning and, you know, I'm going to be a fun parent. And so I got dressed up a little bit. I got a shirt and the headband. And then I felt like, you know, I had like a two hour session with some of the ladies that I'm, I'm helping. And I'm like, let's just stay Wonder Woman for this podcast. And part of it is because I'm here with Ellen and she is a Wonder Woman. I mean, this, this one, I tell you about her and we'll start talking about her instead of me. Um, but Hey, it's a fun time. So I figured we'd have fun. So Ellen is a TEDx presenter and her work has been quoted in such national publications as the New York times money time.com Forbes and the the Huffington post. Also, she's a co-author of the New York times bestseller, New York times bestseller, picture your prosperity, smart money moves to turn your vision into reality. Um, She's a CPA, she's a CFP, abundance activist, pretty much amazing Wonder Woman all around. So we'll go with that and start there. So tell us Wonder Woman. I I, I mean, that's kind of a pretty cool title to come on just because I'm wearing the suit that you get it. Um, But I think most of the women who come on here are pretty amazing. And I know you're one of them. So um, tell us a little about kind of how you got to where you are regarding like help as a CPA, CFP, Um, And I think we're going to go on the mindset track, but let's just see where we go with it. Okay. So I, uh, for about 28 years, had my own practice as a wealth management practice, sold it a few years ago. Part of the reason that I sold it uh, was because I like talking to a broader audience. I had a really successful practice. And um, part of what was always fascinating to me, more than like the ticking and tying and the projections of being a financial advisor was how people think about money. And I actually grew my practice using non-traditional ways of thinking about things. And so I love sharing that with people. I love that. And what's really interesting about that is just recently, I met this guy who's in M&A and mergers and acquisitions. And I was talking to him about like the idea of buying a practice and already have a limiting belief about like, well, who's going to want to sell their practice? Like a successful woman wanting to sell their practice with women advisors, because that's what I'm looking for. And um, I didn't say that out loud. I said that in my um, limiting belief head. And it's so cool to hear that from you right now, because, you know, here you are, you had a successful business and it was just time to move on. And so um, I realized like, there's definitely some businesses out there. So you decided to sell your business and help more people and teach a lot of what you do. So I really want to get into that around the intuition. I know you talked you talked to me before we started recording about intuition and mindset. So give us a couple um, just ways that 
this really sounds like the woman's way, by the way, but how you use intuition to grow your practice to that successful point, like what kind of things did you do? Um, yeah, Robin, I want to start with maybe some things before that, because I didn't even realize cool. I was using my intuition. I think that one of the things that was the most impactful in me running a successful practice, and I will say never having an employee quit in 28 years, which I didn't realize was unique until wow. I left my practice, um, is that I am a committed meditator. And I used to, when I would talk to audiences years ago, kind of throw that in like, oh, maybe you want to do meditation. But I actually think it is just like we know you have to exercise. This is like mental hygiene for yourself. And whatever that looks like. So meditation, just like with exercise, maybe you're into Zumba or maybe you're into CrossFit. It can look different for different people. Uh, what I found is one of the ways I started to hear my own good intentions and my intuition was from quieting down all the la, 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 you know, like that constant chatter that we have in our minds. I mean, we have 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Many of them are not positive, but even if they're all like lovely, wonderful thoughts, it's like that um, when I was in graduate school, when I first got there, I was in a dorm and I had this roommate and I can't remember her name. We're going to call her Margaret. That could have been her name. She didn't shut up the entire time we were together. And I was, I couldn't wait to get out of there. I ended up moving in with like this old lady shut in person just to get out of that <laughs> dorm room. Exact opposite. Like this woman doesn't even talk. Perfect. Right. And um, so I think we do that in our heads. And uh, so I'm a big, big, big believer in finding contemplative practices. I love that. So I want to go into that deeper because I like how you said there's different ways to do it. Um, because I, I think there's also women have this fear of judgment. And so we, I know that I just recently, I have this prosperity coach actually, and you know, she gave me this, one of those personality tests. And she said, the way that you process things is that you look at what's not working. You always see what's wrong. And that's why you're good at coaching. Cause it's like, I know how to fix things really fast and I can do that, but it's also very damaging. Um, and so you know, my tendency in the past when I would meditate is like, I'm not doing this right. Or, you know, oh, I'm supposed to clear my thoughts. Stop, stop thinking, stop, stop, stop. You know, it's like the chatter to get rid of the chatter. Um, and then I actually um, uh, have coined the term. No one seemed to have claimed this one yet, but um, sleep a tape because what happened with me, maybe, gosh, it must've been five, six, probably six years ago. And it was more about, I was trying to get pregnant. And um, I started listening to this Kelly Howell meditation. And it's just like, I actually still listen to it today, almost every day or, or every night, really. And I, I listened to that. And that's, I would never say I'm a committed meditator because I feel like it's a cop out when I just sleep a tape because I just listen to it and fall asleep. However, I do feel like it really enters the unconscious mind and it has helped me tremendously, even just listening to the music to go to sleep. So um, I really like to hear how how you did it and kind of the variations of it as well that that helped you so much. Yeah. Well, and I actually, after I saw my practice, got trained in mindfulness, which I don't really go out and teach specifically. I incorporate it in some of the other things I do. What you said is super common. People are like, I'm not doing it right. I can't calm my mind down. And what I think is a misconception is that when you meditate, it's all like silent and it's like the calm lake with no ripples or anything. The actual benefit of meditation is uh, to go from, let's say you're doing a mindfulness meditation where you have your um, breath as the thing you're focusing on. 
it's not that you do it wrong if your mind wanders, because that's what our minds do is wander. It's noticing your mind wandered and then bringing it back to the thought. Even if you do that a thousand times in your five minute meditation, that's that's like the bicep curl of meditating. That's where your focus gets stronger and where you can kind of calm things down is noticing. It's just noticing. I mean, that's actually one of my favorite definitions of mindfulness is noticing. I love without that. judgment, with kindness, just noticing. And I think that's like, I mean, that's so much, I guess that's mindfulness in general, but just as well as thoughts, not just meditation, but just your thoughts. And that's a lot of what I'm working on. I talk a lot about my, my client now has kind of told me it's called like the becoming. Cause I talk so much about becoming the person that you're meant to become that now she's like, you know, the becoming I'm like, all right, the becoming. Um, but the part of the becoming of, of being the best version of myself to attract the, the people to, to my business, to attract what I want in my life, to be this money magnet and business magnet, all these things is, is really just like working on myself and how I can better myself. And I know the rest will just come as it does and everything's working out for me. So I'm a big believer in all this stuff. And um, one of the things, even for me that my coach has helped me with too, is just like noticing my emotions and going back to like, not making it wrong, you know, noticing, um, how I'm feeling. Cause so much I've, I've actually been so ingrained and, and indoctrinated in personal growth to a point where I got to be positive. Like you said, a lot of those now are positive when people are focusing on it of the 50,000 or 70,000 thoughts. Like, so I focus on, Oh, I try to have these positive thoughts instead. And so I hear, I actually think a negative thought and then I turn it around. Like, you know, no, I'm not anxious or I'm not having anxiety. I'm excited. You know, and it's like, it's kind of bullshit, but I, I said it to try to shift that. Um, but what my coach just helped me with is like, no, just notice if you're anxious. Okay. Just not, don't make it wrong. Notice it. And then decide how long do you want to feel that? And then start to make a shift. And it's just kind of like, it's a lot less beating myself up or, or just trying to trump it with a better thought. So I love that noticing. That's really, really cool. So how, so how did, how did you get into the meditation? And then how did you like, I kind of am curious, how quickly did you notice your your practice start to shift? And then how did that show up in your practice um, as you did that in your life? I kept thinking, like I also done, you know, when I had my practice and still now invested way more in personal development than I did in professional development. Not that that's not important. I got lots of letters after my name. And of course, your clients expect you to know what you're talking about. Um, always had coaches, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars probably on my development. And people would say like, oh, I just kept hearing about meditation. And then it got offered. I was offered a class at our synagogue and then did what's called Jewish meditation. It was basically similar to TM, but our rabbi, well, it doesn't even matter all that backstory. Well, but I'm anyway, Jewish, so now I'm really curious, but maybe. Well, he had been a TM meditator for his whole life since okay. he was 16. And I think you have to be certified to teach TM. And so he also kind so of. TM isn't just like the TM that we quote, like trademark, but it's what, what does it mean? Transcendental meditation. <laughs> okay. TM, and it's TM. Been, transcendental yes, meditation. TM, TM. So it was a very similar mantra based process. So anyway, I did that and it was very helpful to have an instructor because when I first started, you know, we'd go, we would, he would teach us and then we'd go back and meet as a group. And I, and these people are like, did you see unicorns and butterflies? And I'm like, does anyone else feel nauseous? Like I felt like I was going to throw up because <laughs> I think I had so much pent up stress. It's like when you do a cleanse, it was right. coming out. Right. So, and then I just developed, I'm really, I'm fairly disciplined. So now I can't, I cannot not meditate. Like I wouldn't leave my house without brushing my teeth. 
I can't yeah. not. I would give up exercise. I'd give up other things before awesome. I would not meditate. And how long do you meditate? And um, is it- well, at least at least twenty minutes. Now it's longer. Um, and then, you know, we're taught to meditate again at the end of the day. And I'm less disciplined with that unless okay. I'm super stressed. So and how, are you listening to anything? Or are you just breathing? Or? Um, no. And now I do mindfulness meditation, which mostly I focus on my breath. Sometimes I do something called loving kindness, which is um, where you're focusing on good wishes for yourself and other people at night. If I can't sleep, sometimes I'll turn on guided meditations. Uh, your audience may find this helpful. There's a free app called Insight Timer that has 30,000 free meditations. I They have classes. I love it. I pay for theirs now because I've been uh, in a track how many hours you've meditated. So I can look at, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how many years without missing a day. And wow, anyway, that's cool. Yeah. But so what, how I started to use this, like this quiet, how it showed up in my business is first of all, when there would be mistakes made, or whether it's my team that was making mistakes or just, you know, stuff happens sometimes. There's, I would get calm enough that I ultimately found solutions to unsolvable problems more than once. I mean, I have wholesalers from when I used to be in practice that now years later, when I talked to them, they're like, you were the calmest financial advisor I ever knew. Like, I so loved calling on you because it was just a different vibe. Um so that's one thing. The other way, another way I used it in my practice is that I would be thinking about a client. And if I didn't call them, they invariably called me. Or if their name kept coming up in my mind, like I really should call so-and-so. And uh, my team started to get used to it. They're like, Ellen, if you keep thinking about them, pick up the friggin' phone and talk to them. Uh, and that was really helpful because people, it's also cool when you call and go, oh, I was going to call you. Or, and now, you know, that I'm not an advisor, but I'm doing speaking and individual work with people. If I think about something right in the middle of the pandemic, I called a guy from a big wirehouse who they had hired me to speak at a client event. And I was just calling to check in. And it was so fast. He's like, well, we're doing another event. How much do you charge? And I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was so quick. I was like, not even ready for that conversation. Yeah. It doesn't always happen that way. Right. But um and then what's transpired, Robin, which I didn't, I was not even open to this when I had my practice, is I realize now I was always very intuitive with people's money stuff. Like I knew if someone was going to be okay without even needing to know about anything about their money. I could just talk to them. And I thought it was the way they talked about money, which is part of it. Um, and I realized that I'm really tapped into what their money stuff is. And one of the things that I have come to do over the last couple of years is I actually do intuitive money readings for people, which with my CFP CPA background has been a little hard for me to kind of say out loud in certain audiences, but I find that it's super helpful for people. So. Wow. That just made me a little nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, so what do you already know about me that I don't even oh, no, know? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, it's not like I'm reading, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of have a process behind it and don't worry. It would yeah, only yeah, be yeah. helpful. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much an open book anyway, but um, I, I think that's awesome. I, it's so funny too, uh, how you were saying that, like you can read people before they say it, because as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, I think I'd do that in a lot of ways a lot about the growing the business, because that's mostly what I'm focused on that 
and, and I, I never think of it as it, it is intuition, which we're, I know we're getting into, but I never think of it as uh, any clairvoyance or anything like that. But it's like I can just read people and I can tell when they're telling the truth and when they're congruent and when they're the confidence is real or the confidence is just a kind of a facade yeah. to to yeah. cover up what's really going on. And, um, you know, even one woman on my team was saying, like, you know, she's saying she's making a lot of money, but. I don't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like that's the case, you know? So I think there's a lot of in sales and in doing this for so long, like you can kind of read through people's bullshit, you know, and, and then also like feel the energy of true confidence and conviction. You know, I also think what comes with that is, is the most successful people I know, and I'm in a lot of masterminds with, you know, multi-million dollar year earners and like super high level people, the big influencers and things like that. And the more I'm surrounded by them, the more I realize like that, vulnerability comes out way faster, way more often for the most secure people in the world. Like the most mm. secure and the most confident people in the world are willing to be vulnerable like that. Whereas I've even had people on this podcast and I used to try to get to like the hot spot sometimes. And I'd be like, tell me something like that, where you really struggled. And, and you could tell they didn't want to tell me the exact thing. They kind of skirt around it. Like, as if it's just kind of a you know, it's a general, we all struggle, but didn't want to go there. And I'm trying to go there. You know, even one of my clients who lost her spouse, I had her on the podcast. I did that. And it was really hard for her. Like she was in tears, but I'm like, I knew it'd be more transformational. If she told the actual components of the story and how she felt and all that stuff. And so I knew she was my client that I could push her a little bit, but then she got so vulnerable and I'm like, Oh, that was just so much more valuable. So I'm just a big believer in vulnerability and all that. And that like the confidence comes out with the vulnerability, which um, it seems kind of like obvious to me and probably you, you know, been around it so long. So I love that. So that kind of brings us a bit to intuition. So, um, take me there and just how we use intuition and how we can, we can use that in our practice to actually grow and help more people. Well, I think you do do it when you're like, I'm not clairvoyant or anything. It doesn't matter what you call it, but the fact that you're tapping into really kind of feeling into someone's energy, cause you can, um, it, 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 we are all connected and we're, it, you can do that. And I think you're serving people. A lot of the coaches that I know are like, oh, I always kind of know that my area just happens to be around kind of people's money stuff. Right. Um, but we all can do that. So I think you are using that. Um, and the word intuition just means knowing something without knowing how you know it. That's a good definition. You're like, you know, I'm not. Um, so. Uh, and, and women, I think, trust it a little bit more, or they can learn to trust it a little bit more. And there's fun ways, like where I would, I still always do this with, I kind of work that intuition muscle is even things like driving home. You know, my office is 15 minutes from my house. I can go home a bunch of different ways. And sometimes I'll just kind of feel into, should I turn right here? Should I go a different way? And I don't, do I know if I saved time or missed an accident? I don't know. But I like that feeling into, no, this feels right. Awesome. Awesome. And I think this, like, how, how did that land as far as like the people around you in this business? Because like you said, I don't always, or I didn't always tell people this, there was certain things, certain circle, I didn't always say that. So as you were getting into meditation and really like the calm advisor that the wholesalers knew and, and those shifts, did you get pushback? Did you get the, you know, the, the old boys club kind of like, no, you can, this is not going to work to agree, but like what kind of um, yeah. adversity did you get? Yeah. The only, I mean, I wasn't talking to money back then, like, like I do now, but 
the in, the intuition or the calm part. I did. I was affiliated with a company at one point, and part of the way I grew my business, and I still do, is through visualization, like picturing that right outcomes. And I remember sharing that, and he's like, "So I got pushback on that, like using that's what I mean, like non traditional ways." But to me, the visualization is like, you know, now it's really proven what a powerful tool it is. You're training your brain, and um, and. I don't even know if I talked about, there was a lot of stuff I don't, I think I didn't talk about early on, especially with clients. Like I was trained in feng shui and I, my team knew, but I didn't want them to think I was like a weirdo, not grounded with the credentials that I have. Right. Right. And so moving out of that identity, but A, I think people are way more open now. And B, to your point, the more confident I got, like I was a really good advisor that I didn't worry about that as much. And then if it wasn't right for that person, I didn't need to tell everybody everything either. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So what would you say to someone? Cause it's easy for us to say this, you know, like ah, vulnerable vulnerabilities help me. And I know like the more I focus on me, the bigger my business gets and visualization, like all this kind of somewhat airy fairy stuff and all that. Um, so, but what would you say to someone who's kind of in the thick of it where they're Everything they're learning about growing their business is the traditional way, which I call the old archaic model, which exists today. I, I started over 15 years ago as a financial advisor, and the same thing is being taught. And that was 15 years ago, and it wasn't taught 15 years ago. It was taught 30 years ago, it was taught 40 years ago, and it's still being taught today. Um, and it's like they're kind of on this, like, I got to wear the suit, and I got to look the part, and I got to be the man to grow the business. Like, what would you tell them, or what advice would you give them, or even practical things they could do to step into who they're meant to be and step into that? person and, and start to still get what they want without playing that part. Well, I, if they aren't being who they are authentically, they'll be less successful and they won't want to be in the business because they're just no fun. Right. Um, and maybe they could be successful, but I talk about kind of going with the current or against the current and going against the current are scarcity thoughts. That's when things are just harder, feels restrictive not expansive. It tends to be aggressive competition, which is old school financial services. And with the current, which is more prosperous thinking is collaborative, um, you know, uh, relational, generous. Women are in general, not all women are just more awesome at that. And um, it, if it's not working the old way, then maybe it's just an opportunity to look at a different way of doing things that you feel better about. And the way the industry is changing, the feminine approach, whether you're a man or a woman, is going to be the thing where you have better communication skills, where you're more present with people, where you're more generous, where you're sharing your values because people want to do business with good people. Otherwise, they'll go to a robo-advisor. They don't need you. Yeah. And those are all reasons that women, I think, or feminine Skills are the things that are going to make advisors most successful going forward. Awesome. Is there a specific process? Like, do you have a step-by-step, -step, like one, meditate every day, two? Well, I can give an easy one. Okay. Give there's us an a, easy one and then we'll close it off there. Okay. So there's, um, uh, there's probably three things that I would do, but two in particular. One is before each meeting, get yourself grounded and it can be three breaths and just focus, leave that last meeting behind so you can go to this one. And the second thing is in your mind's eye, vision exactly how you want the meeting to go, how you want to feel, what your intention is, how you want your client to feel, all the way through to whatever the last step is you want to have happen. 
And um, I've, you know, have advisors saying that this has been like the thing, their meetings always go how they want them to. You're going to be more present and uh, more prepared for what's going in. Going I on. love that. And, yeah. and I love the breaths. Um, I actually just went to this expansion retreat and um, I just am so obsessed with like just working on me to be a better you know person and and better business owner and better mom and a better everything you know so I can attract what I want. And one of the things we did was this intense breath work. And I've done some breath work before, and like I get it, like I'm like it helps me visualize on the stuff. But this was this incredible breath work that, and I've never experienced anything like it where I was, and it was a weird thing where I was like, had my mouth like open, like a lion or something. And in just, in you know what I'm talking about, like in and out my mouth and like with, and I thought, you know, I was open to it, but I didn't have any expectations. And they said, this was like the, um, you know, non-plant medicine, ayahuasca, if anyone's heard of that, you know, like, so it was supposed to be pretty intense and I was just open to it, not having expectations. And within like probably five minutes, I was in this other world. And like, I keep saying like, no, I swear there was nothing else. No one slipped anything in my coffee. I don't even drink coffee, but uh, so it was like crazy. And, and it was just breath. And that my biggest takeaway through this incredible experience, even the way I was like, like my hands were feeling, my body was feeling. And like, I was like, I didn't feel any pain, which I typically have some pain in my body. And I was like, oh my gosh, look what I can do with my breath. And it was like an hour, hour and a half of like breathing. It was pretty intense, but like, I love that you, the first thing you say is like three breaths. And it's also the same thing we teach our kids. Like if you listen, I have little kids. So Miss Rachel, if anyone knows Miss Rachel, it's like, she talks about when you're angry, like not to be like, it's okay that you're angry, but if you don't want to be angry anymore, you start with taking three breaths or you count to 10. And it's like how much control we have and how, how, like how much we, we can change the way we feel with just the breath. So I'm so aligned with that right now. Like that was just huge for me because it's easy to listen to this and be like, okay, I got it. Like, okay, I'm going to breathe through time, <laughs> you know, but then you forget and it doesn't take long, but it's that intention. It's that focus. And that also, I would say like regarding like how I like to say the woman's way that opens up the channels of this intuition and this confidence and this just like surrender a bit to like, okay, whatever happens. And that's beautiful. I love that. That's great. Um, this is good stuff, Ellen. I love this. We can talk for hours. So um, anything else to add, just like kind of last words of wisdom, and then we'll make sure they know how to find you and find all your goodies. Um, last words of wisdom. I don't know. I would say that for anyone watching that generosity precedes prosperity. And if I had one thing that really flowed through my business then and my business now is about giving what you want to get back, whether that's money or referrals or whatever that you're out there giving, not with an expectation of getting it back, but just about putting out good into the world and being open to receiving. Awesome. Um, I love that. My husband and I were talking about the, like having a family um, foundation, you know, like mm. we like my husband also does books. So he's a, he has a hybrid publishing company. And so he's talking about going into hospitals and doing these books for these sick kids and stuff. And cause he's done a lot of books for kids and, um, and we're like, okay, we got it. Like our whole new vision is like, how, how much can we give? How can we bring more to the world? So that's a great way to end this. Um, generosity proceeds. What'd you ask? Prosperity? Prosperity. Okay. So instead of waiting to give back, you give forward. Yeah. Love it. Okay, good. Um, and then how do they find you? What's the best way to find you? So it sounds like you're looking for speaking engagements, anything else that would be great for you. If someone's listening to this, that I'm sure you visualize this whole thing and you know exactly what you want. So let's just tell them. <laughs> so you get it. Yeah. So, um, 
I would say uh, I love, love, love speaking. I just came back from Big Financial Services Conference where I spoke. Um, so love doing that. Uh, love sharing these ideas. And I give messages from money. So if you're curious about what money, money has to say for you, then you can reach out to me for that too. You can go to ellenrogan.com, E-L-L-E-N-R-O-G-I-N.com. And if I have, I do, would this be helpful, Robin? I have a video series for advisors that they can download for free. Okay, so if you go to ellenrogan.com forward slash gifts with an S on the end, you can download the Abundant Advisor Series. And I talk about visualization and mindfulness and generosity to grow your practice. that's so good. That's so great. And there's other resources. They're going to love that. Awesome. And thank you all for joining us. This was great. And if you like this airy fairy stuff, come again, because I'm sure I'll bring more to you with all the goodies and and all the craziness and all the fun. Um, So we'll see you back here on growing your financial business the woman's way. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.